we should just go ahead get directly into those beers get directly into these beers in honor of the late great eddie van halen mm. absolutely so we will drink in your honor sir um guitar god uh, was it yesterday or the day before I think it was yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. Announced that the uh, one of the one of the goats passed away from throat cancer. Mm-hmm. Because if the year wasn't bad <laughs> enough, just keeps hitting. Oh, it just keeps hitting. I know that it's. I know that it's cliche. Yeah. To keep talking about oh twenty twenty fucking sucks. Isn't it the worst? But it really fucking sucks. You know why it's cliche? Mm. It's because this happens all the time this year. <laughs> We've had to say it so often. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. R.I.P. to the great Eddie Van Halen. But we've got a beer for you. Uh, it's an IPA. It's not brewed by Red Light Red Light, but it's where I picked it up. It's the Edmonds Oasts Bound by Time. 7%. Um, complete shot in the dark here. I have never heard of that brewery. Um, you know, we're big fans of IPAs around here. So the name intrigued me and I figured why not give a new brew, uh, a new chance. All right. Yeah. Well, that's as intriguing as anything else that we've drank on this fucking show. Sure. So let's kick right into it. My name is Marco Dupa. That guy right there who is anxious to crack that beer open so is thirsty. Adam Obesius Rodriguez. What's up, Brewskies? And this is episode 232 of the One Beer and Podcast. Oh! <laughs> Every oh. time. It smells good. Michael Jackson. <laughs> who, who was? That song. And I do to myself all the time. There's a little bit more in here, but okay. Okay. Cheers, mate. Cheers. That's right. Mm-mm. This is the One Baron Podcast. The podcast where two brews crack open a brew and we see where that one brew takes us. Yeah, I said speaking of Michael Jackson, because uh, obviously when you think of Van Halen, you think of Van Halen and sure. how awesome the band was. Yeah. But when I think of Eddie Van Halen, I also think about Beat It, obviously, mm-hmm. and the fact that he just went in, and as the legend goes, he was such a fan of Michael Jackson at the time, and Mike was a big music fan, too, and he loved Van Halen. It was like this mutual respect thing, mm-hmm. and he goes, uh, I think... Quincy Jones contacted him and he's like, we need, we're going for like this rock feel on this song, blah, blah, blah. Would you want to be involved? And Van H- and Eddie's just like, yeah, that's no questions <laughs> asked. Let's, let's go. Uh-huh. He does it for free. Yeah. And he just shreds, I think in one take. I, I heard the legend was one take. 
And from what I had seen in an article that, you know, was resurfaced for obvious reasons, um, there was apparently a quote that he was like, I mean, you know, ABC one, two, three, what am I going to do? Like, what am I going to do to add to a Michael Jackson song? Right. And he apparently went in and walked out and, you know, ran to Michael and said, I changed your song (laughs) and then left. (laughs) And that was it. Yeah, no, I mean, for my money, because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a Michael Jackson historian and we can talk about whatever you want to talk about when it comes to Michael Jackson. Believe me, I'm ready for that conversation. Okay. I don't know if I want that. (laughs) (laughs) But musically, yeah, just keep it there. Okay. Um, I, I, you know, Beat It stays within my top three Mm -hmm. songs of all time from him. Yeah. Always rotates in the top three. It's, it's, I mean, it's just, it's a perfect song. Mm -hmm. It's a perfect song. It it, It marries multiple genres. Michael Jackson is at his absolute best. The Van Halen solo. Mm-hmm. And not just the solo, the but riff. the riff. I yeah. mean, the song is perfect. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, everybody always brings up the thriller video. Yeah. But there's the the root the better dance routine is in the beat it video. Mm-hmm. It's it's a better dance routine. It's yeah. smoother. It looks cooler. It looks like it takes a little bit more dexterity. Like it's a better choreographed dance scene in Beat It than mm-hmm. Thriller. I'm saying it. Okay. And I, I throw the gauntlet down <laughs> every time. <laughs> throw the sparkly uh, uh, glove down. <laughs> every time I watch those videos, I'm like, I love the thriller video, and obviously, I understand its greatness and why it's held in such high regard. And the fact that it's basically it's a short film, yeah. But beat it's better. Yeah, I think beat it's better. I gotta watch them back to back to to weigh in on that. But yeah, I mean, the beat it video obviously is iconic as well. Yeah. With the uh, the gang fight, you can't beat it. With the, the <laughs> <laughs> watch me. Uh, I I don't know why, but I randomly stumbled on this um, career retrospective for Vanilla Ice. <laughs> yeah. Uh So this writer for um. Is it ugh. is it three paragraphs long? No, dude. It was a. It's. It was a really good article. Okay. It that, was it was it like a uh uh look at his his rise to fame and his placement as a gangster rap star and his precipitous fall yeah, from fame right. just as quickly. Yeah. Yes. And okay. uh, I think it's on the Ringer. And it's just really interesting because mm. like you know it 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 paints this picture of like Vanilla Ice being this pariah that maybe wasn't as deserved, mm-hmm. considering everything that was going on at the time in music and in hip hop, and also considering the fact that, like, <clears throat> I'm a little hot, considering the fact that he also, you know, he's not fucking rock him or anything, but mm-hmm. like, he respected hip-hop culture more than people gave him credit for Mm -hmm. and that you know when he blew up he blew up and and you know he 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 put on the costume but underneath all of that was a guy who like you know he was just some some kid from dallas Mm -hmm. who watched breaking 
<laughs> and went to the black clubs and right. and black people saw this white kid in the middle of the crowd and he was crushing it and they were like who the fuck is that guy and at the time in like what 82 83 no maybe no it was late 80s late yeah. 80s because his album came out in like 1990 so yeah it was late 80s like 80 87 88 he gets discovered in some club mm-hmm. just breakdancing hey you're white yeah and i mean it's really just that's <laughs> it you know there's a bunch of a bunch of and i and obviously people are going yeah that's the problem mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. like he was doing what everyone else was doing he was yeah. just doing it while white and right that helped immensely yeah I, I mean he was he also had like the entire steam engine of the record industry propelling him yeah to to be this massive crossover hit yes they wanted so. it as much as the labels wanted it as much as ice wanted it yeah it was this perfect storm of propelling this guy into the stratosphere what's more amazing is we don't have any context for his actual stardom Right. Mm-hmm. We look back on it and we go, man, what it was crazy that this guy had this song. He blew up, blah, blah, blah. And you can call him a one hit wonder or whatever. But what you don't know or what you what we don't have any context for, because we're just a little too young for that, is that this dude wasn't just a one hit wonder, bro. I mean, he was a star for maybe a couple months and mm-hmm. and then they just went after this yeah. guy. He he I mean, he honestly I mean, he sold 15 million records of that album to the extreme. So it's, I mean, a, huge, a massive success. And apparently he fucking um, uh, invested it. And now he's like super wealthy and he just lives in Miami, just okay. chilling. And he has that show, that DIY show. And for, I don't, yeah. do you know about the show that he has? I, I knew that he did like a reality show for a while, but I guess now he's. Not for a while, bro. Nine seasons and okay. it's still going on. I didn't know this until I read the article, wow. and I'm like, wait, <laughs> wait. <laughs> still wait. airing? What? That People are still watching that show. People are still giving him money because apparently he it's it's a reality show based on his actual job. He really does flip houses. He really goes around flipping houses. Good for him. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, but no, his, 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 his fall is amazing mm-hmm. because of how quickly it happened. It's so yeah. it's so fascinating. I feel like it, it's up there with like Millie Vanilli, mm-hmm. you know. That was happening around the same time. Yeah. Uh, I, see, because I have like I'm a little bit older than you, and I have some vague, foggy memories <laughs> of like MC Hammer, Vanilla Ice, mm. uh, the Ninja Rap, of, of course. course, of course, and that entire era. And yeah, I mean, growing up. The punchline was still Vanilla Ice and Millie Vanilli. Yeah. As far as like artists who are complete phonies. Yeah. That get zero respect. Yeah. So it, like the, the uh, I guess the echoes of that continued on to even our generation. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy because it's just a dumb little, you know, pop, uh, pop star tabloid fodder basically Mm -hmm. um but that's what's so amazing about it is that even today think about that dude 30 years ago is when he he popped off yeah and we're still to this day 
there's artists from that era who historians don't know, but every single person on the planet can tell you who Vanilla Ice is. Yeah. Not for a good reason, though. No, no, of course not. But yeah. that's what's, I mean, that's part of it, right? Is like, it was such a, he rose so quickly and it was such a fucking shooting star of a, of a, of a rise. Mm-hmm. And he, he reached heights that only, I mean, even to this day, only five or six rappers have been able to, and not even that many. Because here's the thing, here's something that people don't really realize. You talk about a guy like Jay Z, for instance, and he's he's a billionaire at this point now, right? And that's but that's because of his outside endeavors. Mm-hmm. That's because of the record label. That's because of the clothing line. That's because he turned Rockefeller into Rock Nation. He signed with Live Nation. All this stuff. All these other things that make it so that he's he's this wealthy. He's still living off the money <laughs> from the eighties. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's fun. Did you hear me? I was rapping that when I was walking up here. <laughs> no. no, I just felt it. <laughs> I felt that bar. Um, and yet, if you look at his record sales, they're not that good. Yeah. I mean, he obviously has gone multi-platinum. Mm-hmm. And in his era, that was good. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from going platinum. People hear me and go, he sold like three million <laughs> records. And it's like, yeah, he did. But think about it. Yeah. We're talking about a guy who's a billionaire. Mm-hmm. You, your first assumption is that, well, of course he sold 20 million records, 40 million records. Yeah. He didn't. No. Never. Well, that's the thing, though. I feel like uh, most people don't realize that that one thing doesn't lead to the other necessarily. Exactly. A uh, uh, popular artist does not beget a mogul, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. You can, be, you can sell tons of records but not have anything outside of your art. Yeah. Or you can be a, you know, middling artist which i'm not saying jay-z is but you know you could sell respective respectively but have all of your all of your fingers and toes and all these other endeavors that make you a ton of money yeah i mean that's why most of these guys they're always like i'm not i'm not a rapper though you know what i'm saying i'm a hustler it's like well yeah because you have to be you're not gonna make any <laughs> money being a rapper yeah it ain't there buddy believe me i still sell drugs because <laughs> i'm not that good at this <laughs> Please buy my merch. <laughs> yeah, man. So it, it's just, um, I don't know. It's a fascinating thing because uh, not only did not only did he, you know, shoot himself in the foot by being just this goofy white guy who just like, d- just, he oozed this like self-knowing douchebaggery. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it didn't come off. And that, and that's kind of there was a couple of things that I disagreed with in the article. Just knowing what I know and and uh, real, you know, having the having to be able to look back. Yeah. And one of the things was just like you know, I don't think there was it. Like you said, I mean, your earliest memory of Vanilla Ice is as a punchline. Yeah. I don't think there was ever a point where people was like, "Yo, that Vanilla Ice joint." Like, but yeah. I will say this. Here's the thing. There's another thing that was in the article that was so fascinating that people don't know. Um, apparently, he got co-signed by Chuck D and Ice T. Like Chuck D was gonna sign him. Mm-hmm. There, he was gonna have at at one point he was gonna sign with Def Jam, and mm-hmm. then some other label came in. I forgot who it was, Republic or somebody. They came in and they were like, "No, no, no, we got. We'll give you 1.5 million to mm-hmm. sign with us," and then repackaged it. And, Put him in the parachute pants, blah blah blah. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, he he was because he was a part of it, obviously. Vanilla Ice, 
And he's like, who knows what would have happened if I had just signed with Def Jam? Because at the time, they had Beastie Boys. Right. And they had third base, right? So they had white white rappers who people were going, yeah, I mean, I, I could fuck with that. Like, but, MC Search can rap. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I mean, of course. But there's a distinct difference between those two artists, well, a group and that, and that artist in particular. Yeah. And Vanilla Ice. And that was the persona that they embodied yeah but but apparently and I, again this is all coming from this career retrospective right all of that was um a byproduct of the label that he signed with and they were like we have to capitalize on this mc hammer money so he okay. went on tour with mc hammer mm-hmm. and they basically packaged him as the white mc hammer you know their merch was similar and their look was similar. The whole thing was he was just supposed to be the white MC Hammer. So right. he was dancing I, in his videos and shit. I just, I mean, I always remembered him as trying to come off as having an edge to him, though. And, yeah. like, being from the streets. Yeah. And having a lot of black friends. Well, see, that was the thing. That's <laughs> what, that is what started his downfall. Yeah. Was apparently, and this is insane. When, when, I, when you think about it now, it's crazy. But... Some investigative journalist did like a multi-page expose on him mm-hmm. in his hometown newspaper, poking holes in his story, yeah. pointing out the inaccuracies. They revealed his government name, which if you didn't know, it's Robert Van Winkle, mm-hmm. which that is pretty unfortunate for a rapper. RVW. Uh and that was the start of it, because then people were like, you're not from the fucking streets. You're from Texas. Right. And this is 1990. No one was from Texas at the mm-hmm. time. And so that was the start of it. Then he he goes on on um, Arsenio Hall, and Arsenio just fucking lits, Lays lits into him. him. Yeah. And then he got parodied on In Living Color. Yeah. And it was just after I that, remember that. Yeah. everywhere, man. He couldn't fucking catch a break. And became a punchline. Yep. Just like that. It's... It's just um, there's multiple punchlines in pop history. Why is his so ubiquitous? Why has why has he stood the test of time? I think it's because it's such a it's such a good story. You know, it's a perfect character arc. Yeah, it's like you know this white suburban kid that likes hip hop gets. Picked out of the picked out of the suburbs, I should say, not the streets. Yeah, gets put on a, a public global stage. A dream that you know <clears throat> any kid growing up at the time that was into hip hop or into music in general uh, would be dreaming of. Yeah, but it's all based on a lie. He's a phony. He's a fraud, mm. and that lie catches up with him eventually. And we see that epic downfall. Yeah. And that's what people love. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, people love to see that Phoenix rise from the ashes too. So, you know, I, I think that has a lot to do with why he is still, you know, able to have a career at this point. It's not a musical career, but it's not like, you know, he's just a laughing stock at this point. Like, you know, depends on what kind of conversation you're having. Sure. If you're talking about hip hop, then yeah, he is. But I think most people would be able to respect his grind and being able to, you know, take his life back basically and make living. Um, so it's it's not 
for a lack of trying. <laughs> I mean, he, well, I uh, am I mistaken, or did he have this weird like rock phase? Yes, he did. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. came back on some new metal shit. Yeah, he came back on some like with some like dumb hats he yeah. always wore. Yeah. He was like he he was a hardcore rapper at one point. Like he mm-hmm. definitely tried, and and I'm sure that there are. I know for a fact that there's multiple Ice Ice Baby remixes. I was gonna say I I vividly remember trying to forget. The fact that there's a metal ice ice baby, uh, so yeah, but you know, I, I think a lo- it also has to do a lot with like, you know, people who weren't super in hip hop or aren't as serious about hip hop and hip hop culture, growing up with that song being so ubiquitous. Oh yeah, and having this nostalgia for it, mm-hmm. so that you know that gives him some positive energy <clears throat> off the bat, and it's so. a time capsule too. I mean, it's yeah. it perfectly. Uh, encap- it sounds. It sounds 90s. like early nineties. Yeah, it, yeah. it just. It's just perfect. Yeah, I. My parents had that album. I, I. I was going through their their CDs when I was a kid, and amongst like you know Anita Baker, Whitney Houston, um, then you get Bell Biv DeVoe, mm-hmm. and you're like, all right, all right, and then you see To the Extreme, mm-hmm. Vanilla Ice, and I'm like, I just. He gotcha. <laughs> to me, dog, it's just so weird to think about my parents going to the store and buying vanilla ice. Vanilla yeah. ice. They got one caught of up. them put money down on the counter. Probably and, a good fifteen bucks <laughs> back then. And said, "Let me get that vanilla a CD? ice." Are you kidding me? I love that. I. You know what? It was probably my mom. There's no way my dad <laughs> bought that album. There's no. I would cut my fucking pinky off. What? contemporary artists do you think he was listening to in the early 90s oh, man I, honestly, if any if any if none yeah none I, and i hate that that's the answer but i i can't imagine any probably billy joel's doo-wop era okay yeah that was like mid 80s right mid to late 80s yeah 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 yeah. i could see him listening to that um some adult contemporary stuff like uh that i know that i know that for some reason there's like six kenny g records laying around the house (laughs) yeah i don't know what that's about um i feel like that's the next generation like the next generation had enya where everyone just got crazy about enya for some reason (laughs) yeah yeah but no nothing if you talk about like the biggest bands, the biggest groups, the biggest singers yeah. from the '90s, it's all nah. My mom, I could I could name a couple from my mom, but I don't think my dad. No boys to men. No. <laughs> I mean, I he knows those songs. I know he was listening to that stuff. Yeah. It's just it's so hard for me to imagine my dad just sitting down, and just popping in some like big headphones mm. and listening to like a CD player, a tape player. Or plugging into his record player or whatever. Like, I just, it's just so hard for me to picture yeah. that, you know? Me too. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't see it. When, uh, I mean, he'll ask me to update, like, his iPod and shit. And then I look at the music that he's listening to and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. It's mm-hmm. all, you know, 50s and 60s rock. Yeah. You know, classic era stuff. Um, you know, some R&B or whatever, but. Back when America was great. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, him not understanding the meaning of a 
born in the USA <laughs> like the rest of them do. I just don't get why is that song so hard for Republicans to understand? Because they're only listening to the chorus. That's it. I just, but it's not even like a, it's not even a. It's not super subtle. No, like it's, it's, it's not. It's it's on the nose song. Yeah. Like, I could see if there was some kind of poetry there, but. Yeah. Well, I mean, ask somebody to quote a verse from Born in the USA. Yeah, I guess that's true. You tell them to sing it, and the first thing they do is born in it. That's it. That's it. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah. That's the reason why. But <clears throat> here's the thing, though. The first time that a politician used that song, unironically, um, I think it was the, the first time I saw it, I think was Reagan did it. Um, obviously, I didn't see it for myself. Right. You know what I'm saying? As a fetus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but that was a... That, what? How is that not enough? Every time this song gets chosen, how is there not one intern who's like, guys, uh-uh, this ain't the one? Because I guarantee you there's a 70-year-old white dude who goes, still a bop, man. That's why. That's how he says it, too. Still, <laughs> still a bop, man. Still a bop, man. Sorry. What are we supposed to do? Yeah. Not play it? We have to. Yeah. We have to. I mean, it's just like they just invite getting dunked on. I know the boss told us not to, but th- the boss. The boss. Mr. Springsteen asked us, please stop playing my song, but we will not. No. We will continue to play the song. I mean, song. He, 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 he just short of calling Trump a fucking asshole piece of shit. Yeah. He called him like a narcissist. He, yeah. No, but I mean, he just laid ripped, into him. Ripped yeah. him to shreds. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know why? Born in the USA. <laughs> That's is, why. It is a bop, though. It is, of course. It is a bop. Yeah. For the record, uh, Asbury Park. My favorite. Oh, really? Bruce Springsteen album. Okay. Okay. Because yeah, I I was doing the I was doing the Springsteen thing a little bit. Trying I to understand why people love him so much. Same. I uh, I did this. I think last year I went through a, a Springsteen kick. Yeah. Um, and it was, I mean, kind of kicked off because I found Asbury Park <clears throat> on vinyl about two or three years ago at a Goodwill. Yeah. Picked it up, of course. I listened to it and I was like, this is like kind of folky. Yeah. I like this. It's really good. Because I, I think of Bruce Springsteen, I think of that kind of growl, 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 you know, like that kind of like growly voice mm-hmm. and overproduction. Yeah. Those are the two things I think of. Mm-hmm. And Americana. Um, but it was stripped of all that, which I really like. I like bare bones, Bruce. Yeah. Um, anything beyond that, I know that was like his first album or around there, if not mistaken. Um, as I feel like as time went on, like it just became more and more overproduced. Oh yeah. It it sounded more and more like a musical and I'm like, "Ah, it's too much. It's just too much for me. I get the appeal, but like. Uh, it's not really for me for sure the whole thing becomes a production yeah you know the whole e street band and you're just like it's how many fucking guys are in this <laughs> band it, i mean it's it's great i understand like the musical proficiency of all those dudes and like yeah getting that all together and like it, it being such like a it's almost like a jam band in a, in a weird way it's like all these little pieces coming together uh and and you know springsteen holding it all together 
Uh, but it's just too much for me. Yeah. I don't know. Every yeah, every time I think about because you know I I did the same thing going through a bunch of his albums trying to trying to get it yeah. basically, and the one thing you like you get is that oh I mean people like this for the reason that I thought they did. There's mm-hmm. nothing to get. Yeah, Springsteen as a dude is the fucking man. He's, yeah, he's the boss. Super cool. He earned yeah. that nickname. He's super the cool. Fucking guy. Super cool dude. Um. But I was listening to because uh, every 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 publication you ever look at, they're like Born to Run. That's the one. Born to Run is his masterpiece. Mm-hmm. It's got that dope ass cover where he's wearing the leather jacket and he looks like he will fuck anybody on the planet. They would just give it to him. Mm-hmm. And he's like leaning on his like uh, sax player or somebody's leaning on it. It mm-hmm. just looks like it's just such a fucking cool piece yeah. of art. I love that cover art. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. So I'm like. All right, this is I'm, I'm gonna I'm getting I'm feeling it. Yeah, I'm getting the tingles. And then you listen to it and you're like, I get why people like this, mm. but it's just not like it's not doing it for me. It's not this masterpiece piece of music that I thought yeah. it was gonna be. Same with Born in the USA. It's another record where you're like, oh, he's doing the Born thing again. Look at his ass. <laughs> and you're like, this fucking and and. To kind of um, swing it back around, mm. I kind of understand why Republicans, they see that and they go, blue jeans, red hat, American flag. It's America, baby. That's it. Yeah. Um, and, and even on that record, you get a lot of like, I mean, there's just so much goddamn saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I, Listen, I, I think I love the sax as much as any man. Having played tenor sax... In middle school, mm-hmm. I, I have an intimate understanding of this instrument, Deep right? Deep appreciation. Deep appreciation. Sax is best used sparingly. 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 It, it, it's that perfect little umami you need mm-hmm. in, your, in your sauce, right. you know? You add a little bit in there when they're not expecting it. Oh. Right. Oh, my God. Incredible. Surprise sax uh, solo, four minutes in. You're <sighs> like... Huh? <sighs> okay. Yeah, but if if it if it, if it's if that's the dominant flavor throughout your entire thing, too much. Yeah, it's too much. Just lay off of it a little. Are bit. you are you John Coltrane? Is that <laughs> is that who you are? Because if you're not, maybe you should lay off. You should probably lay off a little bit. Off Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. So, but as <clears throat> what's funny is he was kind of a fully formed artist very early on, you know. Yeah. Like. Aside from Asbury Park and a couple of handful of records, like his sound was pretty even in even being young. Because I I bought his like second and third album, thinking I'm gonna get early Bruce. I'm gonna yeah. go early, see like that stripped down, that raw. And I was like, no, no. There's like 13 guys already in the band. <laughs> yeah. So there's no escaping it. No. But shout out to the boss though. Yeah, of course. Shout Nothing out. but respect. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No I, disrespect intended. Uh, yeah, absolutely not. He's the fucking man. Yeah. Um, I can't. I mean, it kind of makes me want to listen to the new album he came out with. He came out with a new album. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, that's why he was being interviewed. Yeah. I saw a bunch of interviews. So. Yeah. <clears throat> He's still going strong. He I'm, looks good. He looks good. He does. That's the other thing. He just looks so good. Yeah. That's a good looking dude, man. Oh yeah. That's a good looking dude. He's he's aged well. Yeah. I mean, when he was younger, he looked good. And then you're like, is this guy ever going to, like, 
Is he ever gonna like fall like, apart? Yeah. No. Is he gonna he's get a beer belly? He's is still he gonna, fit. Is he gonna look like that fucking um that fucking asshole from uh what was that <laughs> punk band? Who got he got he was wearing the MAGA shirt. Oh yeah. Uh from the Sex Pistols, right? Yeah, yeah. I forget his name. Uh hey man. Whatever. I don't care uh, uh, as far as as far as the music is concerned, like I mean, obviously, you know, I've had to reconcile with a lot of dirty people, <laughs> but uh, he just looked like, oh god. Oh yeah, he looks he looks, he looks like a trash monster. Dude. Yeah, falling apart. Falling apart. He's still like bleaching his hair too. He looked and... like he found that shirt. Like yeah. he just, yeah, he looked really bad. And you know, but the, well, interesting. He looks though, like that... Krang. <laughs> Shredder. <laughs> uh, interesting, though, that it, it prompted this this conversation about um, punk's place in politics and what it means to be like an old punk rocker. Right, because his quote was saying um, it's more punk to be for Trump than it is for Biden. Yeah, this is like... Uh, anti anti establishment thing yeah that that the i guess that that's the way he was looking at it yeah um and then there was a there was a tiktok that some girl posted where she was listening to american idiot uh-huh. and then it was like a it was a for trump tiktok i don't know if you saw it, it went viral okay she's like you know oh me american idiot and she's you know she's lip syncing it or whatever and then it, and then it fades to for Trump, and I think she's wearing a shirt too. Mm-hmm. The whole the whole nine or whatever. Yeah. And people are like, "This is not what punk music is about." Yeah. <clears throat> punk music about anti-establishment, but anarchy, it's, and but it's not. Uh, see, that's the thing. Like, I feel like it's very very surface level of what people think of punk is that it's just anti whoever's in charge. Yeah. But that's bullshit. Like, r- real punk, real like the heart of punk is is. I, f- I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm very, um, uh, biased in this. So I'm saying that flat out. But the ideals of punk are very liberal. It's about welcoming everybody. It, yeah. It's about, um, being anti-racist, anti-homophobic. It's anti what the establishment was in the '80s. You know. Yeah. And for the majority of society in general yeah you know um i feel like it's empowering to the little guy and i feel like that message is very easily co-opted by you know people for trump and you know i feel like anyone who has an agenda that people are against Mm. because they look at themselves as the victim or as the minority um and everyone else is being stupid yeah, I mean, we're we're now in an era where anybody can kind of take that position in an argument. Yeah, you know, if they want to, whether it's true or not. Yeah. Well, I I feel like <laughs> the the big um, the big social swing right now is uh, at least outwardly to um, liberalism for the most part, and you know, people really fighting back against a lot of ingrained conservative views uh, as far as you know everything yeah. is concerned pro choice uh you know being you know, wanting to keep gay marriage cuz mm-hmm. apparently that's on the table again for some reason yeah um you know and just other other you know 
ideals of liberalism in general. Um, I just don't know how you could listen to like the dead Kennedys and think for sure these guys would vote for Trump. Well, it's because so much of our media is left leaning. And so they now feel like the oppressed. And I mean, and I get that. Yeah. Because I mean, I I could see why <clears throat> I could see why you would be on the right and think that your voice is being um I guess minimized or snuffed out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because it probably is. Yeah. Uh because a lot of the views that people on the right espouse and I'm not saying everybody mm-hmm. because there are I mean obviously there are conservative views that are just they are just a different philosophy on life. And mm-hmm. that's just your way of thinking, and that's fine. You or, don't or, have to agree on those or things. Or even less controversial uh, on spending of government money. Right. You know, it's like, okay, well, that's fine. You can hold those views all you want. That's right. okay. Those, those, those kinds of conservative views, it's like, we don't have to agree. We can still be cool. Like, yeah. That's fine. I think that <clears throat> when you when you dip into the more controversial areas of right leaning ideology, mm-hmm. and then you espouse those things publicly, and then nobody wants to fuck with you, then you're like, uh, you know, they're they're silencing us, and it's like, well, yeah, because nobody wants to hear that shit anymore. It's not yeah. this. It, it, it's not this concerted effort to go after everybody on the right. It's just like if you're going around saying that you know, you should get the death penalty for having an abortion. Like, just don't be surprised that most yeah. media outlets are, like, not going to be like, we should hear him out. Yeah, well, it, <laughs> it's, it's unfortunate, too, though, because I feel like a lot of, you know, classic conservatives conservatives, um, who maybe aren't on those extremes or, you know, agree, like I said, fiscally with conservative ideals or, you know, maybe just... I don't know, uh, uh, agree more with conservative views socially that don't go into homophobia <coughs> and don't go into sexism and, yeah. and don't cross those lines, but, you know, believe in, in certain ideals. Unfortunately, the loudest of your group, and it, this goes for the left as well, unfortunately, the loudest of your group are the most extreme. Yeah. So you're being lumped in with people who are okay with kids in cages, who, you know, are okay with Trump openly lying to your face and you not only accepting it, but applauding him for it Mm -hmm. um, are okay with not listening to science and listening to scientists who are on your payroll or agree with your stance only. Yeah. Um, And it's just unfortunate. I feel bad for those people because I feel like they are being lumped in with the bad eggs, but I, I just feel like as a whole, those extremist views, especially on the right, are becoming a thing of the past. Mm. And this is sort of a death knell, kneel, knell, death knell, knell of <sighs> the ideologies that are the death knell. hurtful to society and people in general <clears throat> that are homophobic, that are transphobic, that are all these phobic things that people are so triggered by nowadays that, yeah. you know, Every conservative is like, oh, you're 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 labeling me as a homophobe or as a racist. Yeah. Like that's that's now the thing that people are so afraid of being called. And like they feel like the left is using those terms too liberally. (laughs) Um, But I just feel like that's a that's a a call and response of 
people being sick and tired of a lot of the the bad things our society has enabled for years and years. It's just the next natural step. Yeah. And it's scary for a lot of people because it's a change. But And we're asking we're asking people to to try a little harder. Right. And that's the thing. Like, you know, just be more thoughtful. You yeah, you see it online a lot where people are like, you know, I just said this one simple thing and now all of a sudden I'm a racist. And it's like, well, what'd you say? And I was like, well, you know, black people suck. Is that that <laughs> is that that bad? I just don't understand. It's like <clears throat> you're not the victim when you go on you go online publicly, you shout into the void that, you know, you start saying things like the China virus and then you turn and people say, Hey man, that's racist. And you're like, don't call me a racist. Mm. That is a really mean thing to say. And it's yeah. like, think about the consequences of the things that you're saying. Like, yeah. So the, the, I, I get it. It's the, the direction that the pendulum is swinging, but it's not without warrant in a lot of situations, yeah. but you're right. Because I, I, I know from talking to people that yes, there are people, <clears throat> many people on the right, who are they're they're they have views that are decent views and they don't agree with a lot of things that they get accused of agreeing with just because it's easier to lump them all in yeah or or you know they're lumped in by i mean kind of being brainwashed into this view of Oh, black lives matter means only black lives matter you yeah. know when that's so easily explained away or that you know, Antifa is this masterminded group that is behind the scenes trying to cause anarchy across America. Yeah. I was I was looking at that. I was just kind of like Googling things and doing, you know, a minimal amount of research. And I've come to the conclusion that there is a big majority of people online who don't know what Marxism socialism communism and fascism mm -hmm. means yeah they just don't know what those words mean they just say them yeah i all the time because I, I just keep seeing these these key words popping up and i was like i have a very base um understanding of all of these ideologies so I was like looking them up and stuff, and I was just like, that doesn't describe that thing that at all that they were saying no, that it they're was. just big scary words yeah <clears throat> it's funny because one time I was talking to, um, you know, somebody who is from the UK and communism isn't a dirty word over there as much as it is in the US. Yeah. Uh, it's just a, a different political view. Yeah. And I feel like we've been so, <laughs> mind you, I'm going to be labeled a pinko swine here, but I, I feel like our society is so has been raised so anti-socialist, anti-communist and all these other things uh -huh. that we automatically shut down when the words even approached. I mean, I'm my butthole's getting a little tight. OK, it's commie talk. Well, I'm just saying, I mean, I, I, I love America. That's all I'm saying. I mean, you want to say it one more time? I love just America. So, OK, just so that born we know. in the USA, in the USA, but my point in. <laughs> my my point in saying that is that I feel like a lot of people use those words so willy-nilly because they are just uh, an amalgamation of the bad guy in our in our eyes, you know? Yeah. They're yeah. just known as these evil ideologies that you can use to... It, it's like, you know, 
calling anyone a Nazi. Yeah. It's, it's something the, the right always accuses the left of doing too often is, oh, that's just like Hitler, you know? Mm. It's the same thing, you know? Like, if you just say, oh, well, you're, you're clearly a communist because you are for universal health care. Yeah. What? Yeah. Huh? <clears throat> or like, you know, having socialist um, pieces to our society is a inherently bad thing, which we already do. Like that's the, it, it's just because you're scared of the word. Yeah. You've been you've been taught to be scared of the word. Yeah. Now, mind you. I mean, we've been for, taught to be scared of the word communism since birth before th- I, no, mean, I mean like, for, i mean for our for generation us, oh yeah for our generation sure well, i mean because of uh, the red scare yeah and, yeah I, I mean there were two red scares in the u.s one way before us and one just before us yeah and i mean those ripples are still to today you know like you hear communism and you think evil yeah immediately i mean to be fair the soviet union was awful yeah, it didn't help. <laughs> didn't help the. <laughs> yeah, they were terrible. Uh, North Korea, awful. If you were trying to sell people on uh, communism, you didn't do that good of a job. Yeah, no, 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 no. So I'm not saying anything good about them, but I'm just saying that is a re- that's the reason why I feel like a lot of people throw that around so willy nilly. Yeah. Um, because it's it's just what they're trying to say is evil, basically. It, it doesn't get more complicated than that. Yeah. Sorry, I was my def- my attention was divided uh-huh. because it made me think of. Um, <laughs> I was just looking up the lyrics to "Born in the USA." Okay, <laughs> that's a good use of your time <laughs> on air, Marco. Because <clears throat> I just didn't. Um, I knew what the song was about, and I had to look at, look. I had looked up the lyrics before. Yeah, um, but it's just funny to me because, like, again, like we said, it's just so on the nose that it's fascinating. That it, it can only be, yeah, like you said. There's not someone is told we shouldn't do that, and they just go, "Who cares?" Yeah. The, have you heard that chorus though? Have you heard that booming chorus? <sighs> it just works. It yeah. just works. Yeah. No, I mean we're you know, and we're uh, we're just about to watch another presidential debate. Unfortunately. For uh, this time for the Again, vice presidents, I like hurting myself. <laughs> so all of this, uh, all of this. I mean, obviously, none of these things, you know, none of these ideologies are going to come up in this. Although I would be interested to see if they even bring up Antifa. Antifa. Yeah, I don't know if Pence is so into uh, speaking about Antifa. Doesn't seem to be. I don't know what he's. I was going to say. I was just going to say. I don't know what he's into speaking about. To be honest with you, but I guess we'll see. I'm curious about that. I'm curious to see which way this this swings. I honestly, dog, I don't even remember. Um, Hillary's running mate. I I know what he looks like. I I can see him in my head. He's Mm -hmm. just like a regular old white dude, kind of overweight. Like, I can see him, but I just, I don't know his name. I can't, I don't think he's done anything of note ever since. You just blew my mind. <laughs> because I haven't thought of that man in a very long time. I mean, can you imagine being, I mean, we are in the history of everything, mm-hmm. just a blip, right? And in American history, he ran 
for vice president, and he almost won. Yeah. And I don't even know his name. <laughs> Are you looking it up? I am looking it up. <laughs> and Mike Pence, the only thing... Tim Kaine. Tim Kaine. Tim, Tim Kaine, sir. Tim Kaine, sir. Tim Kaine. It's kind of a cool name. Tim Kaine. Tim Kaine. That's a name of like a gumshoe. Yeah. It's a detective's name. He's a senator. Tim Kaine. There From he is. Where? Yeah. Just a just a regular old guy. I think Virginia. Nothing nothing. Yeah, he's a senator from Virginia since twenty thirteen. You think they still talk? Nah. <laughs> no, nah, they don't talk. It, uh, for, it. for them, I think it's just like an awkward hookup. They're yeah. like, we thought this was going to work out. It didn't. It just didn't. Uh, yeah. They don't want to see each other in the morning. And it's no. just like, look, just, I called an Uber. We called just, it off. Let's just leave it there. Let's not do this. Yeah. Let's not make it weird. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm cool. We have mutual cool. friends. When we see each other out, just, you know, it's, it's really, we don't have to do it, right? Yeah. We don't have to do the yeah. thing. You know, I know. We'll just leave it at it's that. Fine. So, and I've never seen anyone ever talk about their debate. That's how just blech, it yeah, was. Yeah, it was probably terrible TV. Just can't imagine being the guy like that, where you're just just a <laughs> just just hot air in a suit. a blank sheet of paper. <laughs> you're just notebook paper in a badly cut suit. Yeah, that's it. You're a, uh, you're the hot page that comes out of a copy machine that you accidentally put the page you want to copy upside down on, <laughs> and you just look at it and go, oh, God damn it! It didn't work out. It just, just a little frustrated by it, yeah. but it's just like a, it's a small nuisance in your yeah. day. And depending on how your day's going, it could be either lo- very large or just like, well, whatever. Yeah, move on. Away. Yeah, that's Mike Pence. <sighs> so we'll see. Yeah. So we should we should go because it's it's about to get started. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Let's get the fuck out of here. But we can't leave, Ob. We can't. Oh yeah. With that little, uh, liquid, little that liquid courage, yeah. Mm. With that liquid courage, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Gonna drink that beer, yeah. <laughs> All right. I don't think anyone's ever seen me do the Randy Savage impression, so it's 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 hard to do. I don't know how he spent a career talking like that. You're here. The answer is cocaine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> like somebody somebody posted that video of of him. Where they cut together him just going. That <laughs> 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 oh, gets me all the time. They said it was Trump when he walked up the stairs. Literally, like that video made me laugh, but it also made me out of breath. <laughs> There's a video of Randy Savage only inhaling. God damn, it's so funny. <laughs> Who thought of doing that? Who thought of doing yeah, I that? I didn't notice him just do it one too many times. And like, how many times does he actually breathe like that? I move away so I can breathe on the mic. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. All right. <clears throat> What'd you think? What'd you think? Actually, tell the people what we had today. This was acquired at 
red light, red light, but it is the Edmonds Oast Bound by Time. 7% IPA. Um, I thought it was good. Uh, it didn't, like, blow my socks off. It's really smooth. Yeah. Almost too smooth for me. I, I like an IPA to, to give a little bite back. Um, oh. Yeah, just a little, little, if you know what I mean. Yep. I do know what you mean. Uh, But this is very smooth. Maybe even better for, like, a mid-level IPA fan who's, you know, not super into the super hoppy. Um, you definitely get the hoppy flavor. Yeah. But it's a it's a pretty smooth operator. Smooth operator. So I'm gonna give this guy a four. I think it's worth worth the try, um, but a, almost a little too smooth for my liking. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> I I will go a four and a half. I say it's just just a, just a half step above what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's um, you know for me, and this is the best part about the show being a tasting test is uh i like a ipa that's a little smoother mm. so for me it kind of works in that way nice. that it's flavorful uh, it's it's you know you get that ipa bite but it's not too much not too bitter mm-hmm. that kind of turns you off yeah so it really is i think this is a perfect like it's pretty subjective man it's like whatever you're, you know what you're into at the time the thing is <clears throat> if you live locally you, there's very few ways you can go wrong at red light so yeah. the ones that the the beers that they choose to house and have on draft or brew themselves i mean there's very few where you can go wrong yeah so if you're there obviously i mean even at a four and a half i wouldn't say go out of your way for this one mm. but if you're there yeah yeah definitely of course yeah all right yeah they were good i think so <clears throat> but only because you said it i did say it well, this has been the One Baron Podcast for myself, Marco Dupa, for Adam Obesius Rodriguez. Wash your hands. Thank you guys for listening. Drink delicious beer and have a beautiful evening. We love you. Goodbye. <laughs> a little less conversation, a little more action. I don't know why that got stuck in my head. <laughs> it came out of nowhere. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> <laughs> oh my.